Hey, good morning. Um, because it's morning where we are, as as usual, drinking coffee. And this is Old Buck Dell. And with him is Old Buck Dave. Yeah. Drinking and, coffee also. Sorry, I was right yeah. mid-gulp there. And we have, uh, and uh, today for some reason we were sitting in the, in the different chairs. I'm facing east and he's facing west, which normally we always... I face west, he face east. <laughs> You're telling them our yeah, secrets yeah, here, yeah. buddy. So, so that means, uh, that means he's, not, he's not prepared for what I'm going to throw at him the first thing. So. As usual. As usual. As usual. So, and give, he give certainly your... didn't read this beforehand. No, hey, good people. Uh, sometimes uh, these, uh, these fantastic ideas uh, strike me uh, early in the morning. And uh, uh, Dave and I were talking uh, and we were talking about the fact that at our current age, we get tired. We get tired. And we, uh, we were doing some things, and uh, a couple hours later, if you're an old buck, uh, your body tends to let you know that uh, you might have overdone it. And that uh, you get a little dehydrated and uh, you pay. You mean the mistake I made by kayaking the other morning <laughs> when it was 90 degrees? Which is something you don't normally do. Something I don't normally and, do. And that is a totally different muscle regime right there. So anyhow, so I'm thinking, um, it occurred to me that uh, I had a favorite cartoonist. And Dave and I, we talked about him. Gary Larson, I think we, I referred to him on a couple of occasions. He kind of... He kind of had an animal uh, theme in his cartoons, but there's one very particular one people can find it as, a, as an old buck uh, or maybe a young buck, but definitely a deer with a big antler running through the forest, and he is jumping over a log. And the shape of his antlers uh, are such that he's about to encounter a limb of a tree. <laughs> And I said to myself, "Not a good thing." Yeah, and I, and I said to myself, "I said this is a this is a good example of life, you know. You you got all this vim and vigor, or so you think, and you're doing all the things you used to do, running through the forest, uh, you know, helter skelter through the forest, and all of a sudden, one day your antlers your antlers catch that tree limb and bang, you come to a dead stop. Oh God! So I said, I said to Dave, I said, you know, I think I think it's interesting that." You and I are both uh, we're talking about similar things since we're almost the same age for a few days. But I tried to do something that required a little extra effort, some squatting and some lifting, and, and I paid for it. So to all you old bucks out there. And you old vixens. <laughs> you old, yeah, oh, vintage yeah, you vixens, vivacious vintage vixens. vixens yeah, one, vintage just remember vixens. one day, uh, you know, the old antlers get cut in the limb of a tree and you realize you can't do this stuff anymore. So. Well, the vixens don't have the antlers, so, that's, well, so they be, can, that's why they live longer than we they, do. They probably are. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're probably they're a little, little more cautious. A little, cautious bit, a little bit smarter than we but are. You know, a little more cautious. That's exactly. a good point. Exactly. The old bucks think they can run through the forest like this for the longest time until one day. You say, man, I just can't jump as high. I can't, I can't get off the floor without, uh, you know, pushing off. So, anyhow, we laughed about. I laughed about it, and of course, uh, <laughs> I had to tell Dave my story, and and uh, you folks get to join in. So, be careful out there, old bucks. We're getting the, old. And vintage vixens. Ambitious and. <laughs> Can you say that three? Vivacious. Vivacious <laughs> vintage vixens. Say that three times. Vivacious fast. vintage vixens. Uh, okay. So anyhow, Dave, what's up, what's up with you? What's happening? 
what's happening with me? Well, you were talking the other day about complaining about spam calls, and, and you said you had a big idea. I do. Do you get spam calls? I get spam calls all the time. And have you? Do you have a spam call bin where you where you block them or put them in? I do. I do have a a place, one of the levels of hell, where I've tried to put the the okay, block. Do you spam. ever count them? Do you ever count them? I do. No, I've not counted them. You well, have apparently. I have accounted them. I have accounted uh, yeah, for them. Time. Account- you have Actually, time. I, I was you counting them ten at a time, and I realized in my spam call bin, which I cleared already once, I have 150 plus numbers of phone numbers that I've blocked that uh, are clearly spam. Some that I've even answered. You know, if you don't say hello, the recording doesn't start. So I said to myself, if I have 150, you probably have at least 150 too, I would think also. Probably, maybe, yeah. Maybe you have some that I don't even have. Right? Hair? Well, that's, no, that's, I'm sorry. that's true. You do have a head of hair and I don't. Uh, but you know what I mean. You have a, you have a list. I have, I have a list. What if we could somehow merge these lists? What if I got a, a list uh, of oh, my spam numbers? I see where you're going. And this app would simply merge the two. All of a sudden, I could block uh, from a trusted source uh, 400 numbers. Would I be ahead of the curve? Would that help me get ahead of this? You know, I mean, there seems like an unlimited set of numbers that are used for this purpose. I mean, uh, what, what if we started asking other people to send us their list of blocked numbers? Well, at least... We could create a blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> we could create a cryptocurrency. Hey, wait a minute. Now you're on to something. No. That would be a proper blockchain. That would be a proper blockchain. We could start... Right here and now, you heard it out there. Somebody out there in uh, in Cyberland is going to come up with a true blockchain, and you can you can download the app, and then you can say, "I think I'm going to block 500 numbers," and you just get all these numbers into your block file, and I could go a whole day without the four or five spam calls I get. I think this has potential. I I'm, think it does too. I'm and thinking uh, the uh, the crisis response and planning. We'll be involved with this. Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't you think? The folks from CRAP, absolutely. <laughs> Bob, if you're listening, we, <laughs> we expect you to expect you to send. Bob. Old Buck Bob, I expect you to send something in on how to resolve this issue. So, But I did think about that. I think, I wonder, I wonder if there's some way to do that where you could just add a bunch of numbers on that we knew were spam mm-hmm. from a trusted source. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and we could, uh, we could get ahead of the curve. There would just be no number we didn't want could ever be called. You, you imagine how, how big this would get. We would be we would be decimating Amazon rainforests <laughs> by the minute. Talk about. And then your phone would say, "Can no longer accept any data no. at all because you blocked nine million numbers." Uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe there's a maybe there's a flaw in this idea somewhere. Who knows? But anyhow, if there was a way to whether do whether there is or not, you know, let it be known that it's our idea. So <laughs> we own the idea. That's right. That's right. We had the big idea. Another big idea. Big by idea. Del. Yeah. A cup of coffee and a cheese Danish, man. I'm telling you what it does that's for that's you know, it takes. creative thinking. Anyhow, that's my uh, that's my big idea of today, and the fact that uh, I felt like I ran into a tree with my handlers. Exposed, you know, so. <laughs> well, that's so. a pretty good idea. 
I think it is. I think 150 numbers. Except we're going to have to figure out a way to to do an environmentally sensitive blockchain on this. And there might have to be some duplicates. Maybe we are already blocking the same numbers. So maybe we should sit down some afternoon. This is another big idea. And compare. (laughs) I'll read a phone number to you, and then you go through your list, and you tick it off and see if you've got it. (laughs) I have an answer. And then after the wife serves the divorce papers. I was going to say. (laughs) We can move on to a serious subject like cutting the grass or something. Putting us in smile view together. Uh, I I give up. I give up. Uh, It was just a big idea. It was a big idea. So it's it's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. You're just humoring me again, right? You're just just, smiling and saying it's not a bad idea. (laughs) Pretty much. It's a stupid idea. I wasn't a good to friend will do loud. that, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. A long yeah. time, good friend will humor you and smile at your great ideas, and uh, you know, not ever tell you you're going crazy until it's absolutely certain. Moving right along. Moving right along. Moving right along. Hey, do you recall I talked about my Siberian train trip? I do recall that. Umpteen, I recall that. I thought that was episodes a, ago. a fantastic adventure. I guess I only talked about bits and pieces of it. Right. And uh, so there's there's more stories for the future. It's a long here. trip. It was a long trip. Yeah, it was six days and six nights on the train and a couple couple stopover days in the middle I think, of that. Do we not forget that you had to get from here to the starting point and you get from the end point back to here? If you add that to the trip, it's almost around the world, isn't it? It, it was an around the world trip. That's yep. exactly what it was because I went from the U.S. to China uh-huh. to Russia to... And came back the other side. Germany to... Yeah. Yeah, so it was a round-the-world trip. So it was longer than just a rail line trip. So I, I was an amazing adventure. It was quite a trip. I admire you for doing that. Better you than me. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I question that sometimes. But anyway. Please experience what, this why, for me, Dave, because I don't have the guts to do it myself. Why, why I brought this up. Is, <laughs> why did you bring it up? Is a, uh, a vintage Vexen sent me two magazine articles mm-hmm. recently out of the New Yorker magazine. The articles are called Travels in Siberia, Parts 1 and 2, by Ian Fraser. And these appeared in The New Yorker in 2009, two different editions, and I'll have the links in the liner notes. It's, uh, there are long articles, very interesting articles, talked about different things. Let me read the opening paragraph in the first article. Officially, there is no such place as Siberia. No political or territorial entity has Siberia as its name. In atlases, the word Siberia hovers across the northern third of Asia, unconnected to any place in particular, as if designating a zone or a condition. It seems to show through like a watermark on the page. During Soviet times, revised maps erased the name entirely in order to discourage Siberian regionalism. Despite this invisibility, one can assume that Siberia's traditional status as a threat did not improve. So that's, mm. a, that's a, good, a, a good opening. I, I, I always assumed it was a place. Well, it's, it's a region, but it's not, doesn't like, have, like there's the no Sahara. boundary. There's no, so it's like the Sahara. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like the Midwest, the U.S. Midwest. Yeah. Where is it? You know, it's, it depends on how you define it. Mm, okay. So it's not an official territory. It's not a state. It can, it's three-fourths of Russia. Three-fourths of Russia is actually Siberia. It's, it's, and it's lightly right. populated, though, isn't it? It's I mean, lightly populated, very lightly populated, I think. And it's it, cold. 
It's cold. It actually, <laughs> yes, it can get down to like minus 100 F in the winters. Oh. Yeah, when we were in Irkutsk, we asked the uh, girl at the restaurant, uh, well, what's it like here in the winter? She says, oh, real bad, you know, minus 40, minus 50. It's like, that's not for me. Anyway, uh, so it's three quarters of Russia, it's, and it's roughly from the Urals to the Pacific. It's, it's one-third of Asia, and it's one-twelfth of the world's land mass. Continental U.S. and most of Europe could fit inside it, just to put it in perspective. It's big. Um, you know what's flashing through my mind? that I'm thinking we need to get some development over there. We need to start building houses and putting up malls it just seems like a great opportunity maybe, maybe we could build a few fewer houses and malls down here because <laughs> it's getting crazy <laughs> i'm thinking i'm thinking there shouldn't be that much space left without a bunch of uh, probably housing prices yeah. are lower there but i did read something about the i read something about that a lot of that stuff is frozen tundra and you can't unthaw it that is correct that is correct oh it, thank you it is yeah it's it's permafrost. Yeah, permafrost. And it also results in Siberia having the world's largest swamps. Right. Okay, because this permafrost, is it just, you know, the top part of it is freezing, what, what not if, freezing. What if that it's melts? It's just a big swamp, basically drains in, into the Arctic area there. Yeah. Hmm. So, so but it's right, not, a, not but, a very, a, world's worst mosquitoes, okay? Oh, really? That's world's the, worst uh, mosquitoes. It said the mosquitoes can be so bad that like livestock will suffocate by mosquitoes they inhale, trying to breathe, oh, and it gee. just clogs clogs their passages, and then they die. And they, well, you when you were there, you were obviously in a train, but if you stuck your hand out the window, would you run into a bunch of mosquitoes? Well, we were not uh, in. For the most part, it was not swampy. We were, or we were, we were uh, areas. Certain areas were swampy, but. Wasn't that permafrost? Wasn't permafrost okay. there? Yeah, all right. that was that was. From, all right, I'm 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 diverting here a bit. That's all right. That's all right. So so you're talking about some people that drove across this? Or is there... Yeah. So this this guy he's from New Jersey, and the interesting thing in the article, and I scanned through is nowhere does it say what his motivation was. You know, it's like, why did I decide I wanted to drive across Russia? What was your he, motivation? My motivation. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, did I catch you? Did no. I catch you off guard there? Did no, I? My motivation is uh, I had business in China, and I had bugged my wife for years to go to China with me. Okay, all right. And you were already there. So we were with a German guy one night, and he said, "Well, he said you, what you should do is take the train to Moscow from Beijing." And of course, you know, she's got Ukrainian roots and that sort of thing. Okay. So like, oh yeah. She says, Well, okay, I'll go to China if we can go to go to Moscow on the train. Little little did she realize <laughs> yeah, it's that like, she had bargained it's for. It's like there. from Pittsburgh to Philly, you know, just yeah, a short four hour yeah, ride or something. Not a problem. Yeah. Okay, so your So your that's how that's how I got there. Your motivation was we were there and we could make our way back uh, towards uh, home, uh, just go a little sort of take a little detour. Uh, since we were halfway there, uh, yeah, let's go ahead just, and do it. Yeah, I'd been I'd been to uh, Moscow and a couple other cities mm -hmm. before, but never been to Siberia. How many people have been to Siberia? So, anyway. well, you actually, 
I wouldn't say you you were you were have gone through that territory. You weren't actually been to Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You actually drove through an area. It wasn't in a jail. Was it wasn't, known as. wasn't in the gulag. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. So carry on. Carry anyway, on. so I mean, it's it's very mineral rich, huge petroleum reserves, geologically active. You know, you got the, the one plate sliding under the other plate out in the uh. out in the west there. So it's it's a it's a fascinating place. Uh, the the first article talks about the history of Siberia, the military importance of Siberia down through time from the Mongols to the Russians, et cetera, da, da, da. And the, the importance because they could go so far away that nobody could attack them there or something. Is that what it was? And that's what this rail line was for that you were on? Was there lots of rail lines out there, by the way? Let me ask you that no, question. No, no, Just no. Just one. No. This, this took uh, a lot of years to build. The, the Siberian, the Trans-Siberian took a lot of years to build. A lot of people died. Used a lot of prison labor, oh. a lot of army labor. Uh, just, and I, there's, I, I think on a, a podcast a long time ago, I, I mentioned a, a, <clears throat> a book about uh, the, the railway. Fascinating, fascinating. What the effort what they went through to build it. To build it, yeah. And trains, uh, you know. So there's crashing, not crashing through the frozen lake when they ran it across the frozen lake bed. Then the lake melted. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that this this line, uh, the territory is so so rough. There's not a lot of trunk lines going this way and that way. Correct. It's just like you, you're going to go as straight as we can, or whatever way the terrain will allow us to go yeah. economically. So. Yeah. I'm trying to picture it. it. Sounds pretty desolate. So. Yeah, but I mean, the the, the trip started. The guy actually started at the Black Sea. And he worked his way over to St. Petersburg, and that's where he hooked up with these two Russian guys, and they, they bought a used Renault step van for, for the trip, diesel. So mm. we had a lot. Of, they had a lot of fun issues there. You know, it's it's not going to go far without breaking down, and it broke down. <laughs> but it, it was a credit to kind of the Russian ingenuity that. These guys always figured out how to fix it or found a garage that was, you know, open one day every other month. And You would have to be pretty resourceful to they, live out there. In yeah, that it, was, it was pretty interesting, yeah. So, so that's part of the story. That's part yeah. of the intrigue of the story is the fact that the uh, any any fault, any uh, mis, what any failure of any part, you had to figure out some way to repair it. Otherwise, yeah, that was the end of your trip. Yeah, there wasn't a trip. pep boys on the corner where yeah. you could... <laughs> Yeah, pick up some parts. Yeah, it was pretty. So these guys are moving along quite a ways out there. They they got there. Uh, they teamed up with some locals. And uh, how does this story? Uh, yeah, that was twist that adventure in there. Yeah, that was part of the interesting thing. They went to spent time at different little towns along the way and talked about their experiences with some of the people there. A couple of the, the guys had one guy had relatives in the one town. They spent some time there. And so it's, you know, it wasn't a travel log. It's not, oh, we, we saw the mountains, we saw the rivers. There was some of that, but a lot of it was just the experiences along the way, I think, which makes it I'll really say, so fascinating. My, my question to you is, what was the most interesting part of the story for you since you have a on-the-ground sort of experience? Did you well, enjoy Well, I like that, yeah, they spent a, a couple nights camping at Lake Baikal, Mm -hmm. which is just outside of Irkutsk and we had we had spent two nights in Irkutsk that was our that was our big stop on the trip and so we got to go to Lake Baikal 
in a, uh, in a, in a jitney. That was kind of an interesting experience in itself. We, we said to the hotel, well, we really don't want a, you know, a big fancy Western style tour with 20 other people. We just want to go there. And she said, okay, then you go to, down to this part of town, and, and there's a bunch of cars parked there. And they'll have each car will have a name, uh, cars or vans or whatever. Right. Will have a name of where they're going. Oh, uh, I see. I so see. she said, you just, you know, and then we got in that area, and of course, you know, my wife and her sister could speak Russian. So, like, like you know, where where's the vans to by call? And call the guys, okay, okay you got to go down this area and go down two blocks. So we finally, we found one. We found a van that had a bicol on it. And we were the first ones, or maybe there was one person on ahead of us. And it was actually a lot nicer than a lot of the vans that were, that were being used. So that's how you managed to get around it when you stopped. That's how we got to bicol from Irkutsk. Okay. Yes, yeah. So we got on this thing, and, and we said, hmm, I wonder when they're going to leave. And my sister-in-law said, Probably when the van's full. And we oh. laughed. And guess what? <laughs> you can wait there That's all exactly. afternoon. Yeah. So we were there probably another hour. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> wait, yeah. Okay, I got a full load now. So we went to buy coffee. No, no actual schedule. It's like when the thing's full, we leave. When it's, we get to go yeah. out and come right. back. Yeah. That's very, uh, but, I think that's a worldwide phenomenon when it comes to those rural uh, transportation systems. Oh. So in this story, getting back to the story, yeah. Yeah. the the. I mean, the man put puts together, uh, I assume, quite a picture since I didn't read it. Since you have, like I said, you have some knowledge of the ground. What, I mean, what would be the most fascinating thing for me to read? His uh, problems with the vehicles or the terrain or the uh, the people or? I think it's just, a, it's a combination, really. He talks uh, about the history of the area. He talks about the geology of the area. Talks about the politics of the area. And a lot of it is is what's today, what's going on there today in these little towns that are. What is going on there? Not much not is much the answer. Though. Not much. I mean, again, it's a very mineral rich area, and some towns are very prosperous where they have a a, a nickel refinery or something like that, oh, okay. and other towns are just, you know, we went through so many towns on the railroad that there was a big. Big crumbling building, you know, and that was an ex. That was that was where it was at once. Military slash factory. That's and World just War, been abandoned. World War Two uh, remnants or something. No, this would have been post World War Two. Oh, really? Yeah, this is probably like from the sixties. Oh my! Yeah. And oh. Every 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 town had its its crumbling mega factory. Clearly, it's a place on Earth that has got some difficult weather, terrain to to deal with. And uh, there's only so much you can do with that area. And I'm sure it's a fascinating story. It is a fascinating Let me just read the, uh, let me lead, read part of the last paragraph. This is on the second article, so this is mm -hmm. wrapping it up. Mm -hmm. Now, this is when they have gotten to the Pacific Ocean. All right, mm -hmm. so they've made it all the way, actually made it to the Pacific. What is the actual destination there? Is it Vladivostok or something? What is it? Uh, it was near there. It was near there, but it was a little... Little little past. Okay, so it's there. just a little town there that yeah, it ends. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could tell you the the exact name, but so here, this is the last part of the last paragraph. He said, "I went to the water and put my hand in and cupped some of it and tasted salt." Sergey immediately stripped down to his briefs and dove in and swam. <laughs> Volodya 
recorded the event with a video camera while I made a sketch of the bay and the ocean and the sky. During his dip, Sergei stepped on a sea urchin's spine, a painful development, but he mentioned it only in passing among the shouting, hilarity, and mutual congratulations. Finally, we were here. Today was Tuesday, September 11th, 2001. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's the day they oh. arrived. Nine eleven. What? Um, who funded it? How does? How did he fund it? Does say? He doesn't say. I mean, he had a, he had a budget. He you know he said four thousand dollars that he could spend on the car. It must have cost more than that. No, that's what I mean. That's what it cost. It was an old used. No, I mean the whole trip. I'm oh yeah, about. yeah. But he he didn't he didn't go into any details. They they didn't live lavishly. They camped a lot of the times. Slept in the car, or slept in a you know in a tent oh. outside the car. Oh yeah, they were roughing it. They were yeah, really roughing. Rough yeah, it. they were not. Probably lost a lot of weight. <laughs> I, I would think. I was thinking, yeah, probably. So probably. So you recommend so, this to uh, anybody who's listening to the two old bucks? I, you know, if you're if you're a, a fan of history, geography, and uh, just. How another part of the world works. Yeah, it's going to be in the liner notes. They're, they're long articles, uh, but I found them very interesting. Moving right along, moving as they right say, along. moving right along, I've got a letter from afar here. Okay. And I thought we need to uh, recognize. This is, uh, we're going to give a shout out to, uh, to Vixen Nancy, who lives in Northport, Florida. Okay. Now she's presently recuperating from major surgery. Okay. And she oh. wrote, and I'm not going to write, read the, all her exact words here, but basically she said she's been binge listening to the Bucks during her recuperation period. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, the, so the old Bucks not only can, uh, can uh, help people uh, fall asleep at night, You're right. uh, it, it can be recommended uh, as therapy <laughs> for pain, somebody in pain. Pain medication. Pain yeah. medication. Like, yeah, if you like, think your stomach hurts. Well. Yeah, if you, think, if, you, yeah, if you think that knee replacement is painful, listen to the two the old st- bucks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nancy, we, we if you're still a, listening out there, uh, all the best to you. Thank you for... Uh, we love you, Nancy. Yeah, thank you for get sending well, your note. Get well soon. And with that, Ah, this is old Buck Dale. Hey, and this is old Buck Dave. Saying adios. Adios. Or as they say in Russia, dosvidanya. Dosvidanya.